Welcome to another episode of the Superpowered Fancast. This is Darren. Um, so this week's episode, I'm going to break up into kind of two parts. Uh, one, we're going to talk about news. We're going to talk about uh, information that's going on in the geek world right now uh, this week. And the second part is going to be my Spider-Man Homecoming review. So you can look forward to that. I'm going to go ahead and have this posted after the opening weekend. Uh, just so, you know, because there's going to be some spoilers in it. Um, hopefully I don't spoil too much. But I really, really uh, want to talk about my experience and what I enjoyed and what were some challenges to the film itself. So uh, just to go ahead and get started, we're going to kind of dive right in with uh, the news of the week. So as always, let's go ahead and start in the comic book world. And our first stop will be DC Comics. So what's going on in the news with DC Comics um, right now? And I'd say right now there's a, a huge uh, there's a huge amount of news coming out about DC uh, about Dark Knight's Metal. But right now I'm going to go ahead and I'm actually going to do that on uh, the next episode of the Superpowered Fancast is going to be talking about metal. But this this week I think I'm going to just go ahead and talk about. Uh, the news that's in the television world, like what's going on in the uh, DC universe on television and in movies. And a new story that just broke is that there's going to be another Lois Lane coming to the new season of Supergirl. Now, this is interesting in the fact that last season we had uh, Terry Hatcher from Lois and Clark uh, the New Adventures of Superman, she actually came back, uh, well, not came back, but she came to the uh, tail end of the second season of Supergirl playing Rhea, who was uh, the mother of Monel, who ended up being the big bad uh, that season. And so now uh, Erica Durance, who played Lois Lane for uh, five seasons, well, I guess six seasons, because she was a she was a recurring character in season four. She became a series regular season five, um, seasons five through ten. But Erica Durance, who played uh, Lois Lane on Smallville, is taking on a role on Supergirl. Now, the interesting part is she's not taking on a new role. She's not coming in as a new character. She's actually taking over the role of Alora. Um on the show. Now, if you know who Alora is, Alora is um, Kara's mother. And for the previous two seasons, she's been uh, played by actress uh, Laura Benanti. Uh, now, not only did Benanti play Laura, but she also played uh, her, you know, her evil twin sister Astra as well. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, Durance come in and take over that role when you pretty much kind of established who Alora is. But, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I know they can't do anything retroactively, but uh, the fact that they're making that cast change means that there's a possibility there's going to be a bigger role for Alora in the third season. So maybe a little bit more, uh, either more of her as the AI that guides Kara, or there may be more of her, uh, more flashbacks to Kara's time on uh, on Krypton that are going to require uh, Laura to be there. So the 
Next uh, story about uh, DC is unfortunately it's well it started off as uh, as a scary one and it, there's it, there's an update so um the series gotham um the actor donald logue who plays harvey bullock on gotham uh he went uh he went online and appealed for something that no no parent should ever have to deal with um his 16 year old daughter jade went missing and Logue went to social media to try and get information to or and to appeal for her to return or to have her return if someone had her and it was a very scary time and it's been going on uh for i mean since uh since june 26th but i, <coughs> I can tell you as of this recording uh there's been an update um so according to uh donald Logue's um source uh and uh, people magazine uh e-news live uh jade is no longer missing and she has returned home safely this is according to the actor's uh, representative and she did go on to say that donald is incredibly thankful for everyone's support and especially to the nypd fbi and team adam uh for her safe return so this is some really good news um for a, for an actor that I've been a, a huge fan on, uh, a fan on a big a big uh, fan of uh, for many years. Like I absolutely love Terriers. It's one of my favorite shows. So it's it's good to it's good to hear some some good news coming out of a situation like this, um, especially in you know today's society where good news in, in these circumstances is very rare. So, uh, so it's good. I'm, I'm glad that she's home and, uh, I hope they, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I hope, uh, everything goes well going forward. So transitioning out of the world of DC comics and into the world of Marvel, um, let's go ahead and talk about, uh, the Marvel Netflix universe and we'll kind of expand from there. So the first bit of news is that there are going to be two new villains, uh, that have been added to the cast of the second season of Luke Cage on Netflix. So if you uh, if you're fans of the of the comic, if you know who they are, um, uh, the actor Mustafa Shakir, uh, who was uh, on the the HBO series The Night of, has been cast as John McIver. Now, if you know who McIver is, um, he's known as uh, Bushmaster. So he's a villain that's taken on uh, like Luke Cage, Iron Fist, even Captain America. He's, he's a member of the Serpent Society. So that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you got another like snake-themed villain coming your way. Um, now, he's a, in the comics, like Bushmaster's a crime boss out of Europe looking to use his uh, superhuman strength and durability to expand his operation to the U.S. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I'm relatively sure they're not going to have him in a giant snake suit like he is in the comics. Now the next character to join is uh, Gabriel Dennis uh, from the series Rosewood. She's been cast as Tilda Johnson uh, who's been described as a brilliant holistic doctor with a complicated history in Harlem. Um, in the comics Tilda Johnson is the code name for uh, the Captain American Bill. America villain Dr. Nightshade 
aka Deadly Nightshade. So she in the in the comic she you know she kind of runs afoul of Luke Cage for for a while for many years in fact until she actually uh, turns her life around and becomes a hero like she becomes the hero Nighthawk. So it's unclear whether or not. Um, she's going to be playing a, a villain or she's going to start a villain and become a hero or maybe just a rival vigilante. But either way, she's going to be kind of running afoul of, uh, of Luke Cage in season two. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. So the next bit of news from, uh, from DC Comics is, um, well... It's a little more ominous. I mean, uh, oh, uh, ominous. let's go ahead and start with with something that's a little bit lighter, and then we'll kind of go into the, uh, the the bad news of it. Um, so Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson himself, is uh, is uh, is the rumor is getting uh, more and more confirmation that uh, Sam is going to be coming back as Nick Fury. In not in the next in, not in Avengers Infinity War, but actually in Captain Marvel. So he'll be uh, teamed up with uh, Brie Larson in uh, in the Captain Marvel movie. Now the interesting thing about that is, is that um, you don't know since there are no plot details that have been established yet. We don't know whether or not his role is going to be either as you know Nick Fury. Uh, current Nick Fury, where he's kind of you know maybe underground recruiting new, um, new heroes, or is this a flashback to Carol Danvers's time in the military, and he's you know with back when Nick was the director of Shield? So it'll be uh, interesting. Well, I keep saying it'll be interesting. It is going to be interesting. I want to see it. I want to know how how it's going to work out. I want to know. Um, how he's going to be on there. And in fact, I want to see more of Nick Fury. Like, honestly, we've had how many seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now? It might be nice for him to kind of check in on the, uh, check in on the, on the, uh, agency he, you know, he helped to run for so many years. So that's, uh, so that's some, some interesting news out of, uh, out of Marvel. Now, the next bit of news is, is sad news. Um, the Generalissimo himself, uh, Stan Lee, um, his beloved wife Joan, who he had been married to since December of 1947, well, she passed, and she died. And um, there was uh, reports that she had suffered a stroke earlier in the week, but um, I mean, it's neither here nor there. She's she's left us at the age of 93. Um, she was a former model, very pretty woman, very pretty woman. Uh, Joan and Stan were married in December 1947, and they were just devoted to each other. Like their 70th wedding anniversary would have been in December of this year. That's how long they were together. Um, Stan has always uh, talked about how amazing Joan was. He loved the fact that she that she was, uh, she had an English accent. He said that, you know, he's a nut for English accents. Um, he never, it, it always seemed in public, at least, that they were hopelessly devoted to each other. And I, you know, 
I joined the rest of the fan world in sending my condolences to Stan himself. Um, now, Joan, even though, you know, Stan is known for his cameos in, in films, Joan's kind of no slouch either. Now, she didn't do uh, a lot of cameos, but she did have some some iconic moments that um, that deserve to be remembered. And she was the voice of Miss Forbes in the, in the 1990 animated Fantastic Four series, as well as the voice of Madam Web on the Spider-Man animated series from 1996 to 1998. So if you, you know, come across those episodes, if you have them, go ahead and watch them and and remember Joan. Now her uh her big screen appearance, her one and only cameo on the big screen was in the movie X-Men Apocalypse. So if you, you know, if you kind of if you take that moment when you see Stan in his cameo, the woman he's holding, that's his beloved Joan. So um it's it's sad to see uh, see him lose her, and uh, like I said my condolences to him and and to and to his family and his daughter. Um, like they are, it, it's it's a hard thing, and you know the fan community is of course you know behind their generalissimo in this time. Now, speaking of uh, Stan Lee himself, he has a new animated series, The Reflection, uh, which is going to debut in Japan and on uh, Crunchyroll um, uh, this month. It's a 12-episode uh, superhero series uh, like written by Stan, and uh, he and uh, directed by uh, Hiroshi Nagahama. So it's supposed to be about, and it's just kind of giving you the, the rundown, it's supposed to be about the fight between superhero Zan and villain Aigai, who are among those who, found, who are found to have gained special powers following a global disaster called The Reflection. So hence the name of the show. Um, now Stan's credited with the original work, uh, Nagahama providing the original character designs, as well as directing the series. And uh, Yoshihiko uh, Umakoshi from Full Metal Alchemist will be adapting the designs for animation. Now, like I said, it is uh, there is a trailer online, um, but it is supposed to be it's supposed to debut on the Japanese broadcast network NHK, but also be simultaneously streamed worldwide on Crunchyroll, July twenty second, twenty seventeen. So definitely check it out. I'm gonna go ahead and watch it because I'm gonna review it for the site and just kind of uh, see what it is, see what it's all about. Uh, the character designs look really interesting. So it's going to be uh, kind of cool to see what Stan's vision uh, for this show is. Um, another piece of news from the Marvel world. Uh, I think I, I think I, I think in our last episode, I talked about Rosario Dawson um, being rumored to play uh, Dr. Cecilia Reyes. If I didn't, then I should have. But it is, but that story is on uh, is on my website, superpoweredfancast.com. Um, but it looks like the negotiations didn't, you know, looks like they they failed, and Rosario Dawson is out now. Who they brought in to play Cecilia Reyes is uh, Alice Braga. Now, if you know who Alice Braga is, she was in the movie. Um, She's in the movie I Am Legend with Will Smith. Uh, she's also, and now the Hollywood Reporter had that story, uh, like they broke it, um, I think maybe a week ago, yeah, 
Yeah, maybe a week ago they wrote that um, uh, Braga uh, has also um, been in the movie Predators. Alicia, she's currently starring in the second season of the USA series, Queen of the South. So if you check that out, you'll see her. Um, she doesn't particularly look like Cecilia Reyes to me, but, you know, it's... I don't I'm, I don't particularly judge based on looks, uh, especially for a role. If you're great for, if you're great in the role, then you're perfect for the role. And that's always been my opinion. So that's the news out of Marvel. Um, I'm gonna do a couple of just kind of news stories, just kind of putting news out there as it's come in, uh, just kind of before uh, we get into Spider-Man: Homecoming. So, um, True Blood star Nelson Ellis has died at the age of 39. I'm, you know, I'm sorry to be, you know, you know, verbose. I'm, I'm trying not to be uh, depressing on this episode. Uh, so, but, you know, it is news and it is, it is news for fans, like especially fans of True Blood who loved his character, who loved his uh, portrayal of Lafayette. So it's, uh, it's. It's kind of it's sad to see him go, but uh, <clears throat> but again, you did get you know so there's some really good news that came out this week. Um, the Hellboy reboot looks like Lionsgate is looking to um, is looking to release it. So since they if they if the deal goes through, then you know they've got the funding to go ahead and get it made. Um, David Harbour from Stranger Things is uh, attached to play Hellboy, so that's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'd say probably the next thing that's that's uh, that's in the news is Once Upon a Time on ABC. There's a huge cast shakeup with that series, and it looks like the majority of the principal cast is leaving. I think the only people that are staying are. Um, Robert Carlyle, who plays Rumpelstiltskin, Lana Perea, who plays um, Regina, and uh, Colin O'Donoghue, who plays uh, Hook. Like, they're, they're remaining, but everyone else is leaving the series. And, um, and it looks like they're going to retool the series so that an adult Henry will be the focus, and he will apparently come back... Uh, uh, his his long lost daughter will apparently prompt him uh, to an adventure the same way he did to Emma in the first season of Once Upon a Time. So um, there we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how this reboot retooling uh, works when uh, when the series comes back uh, for its seventh season this fall. So the next thing I want to do is actually going to be probably a little bit of a rant, and it's not going to be a an ongoing um, you know sequence on this podcast, but it is something that I want to get off my chest. All right, I have been reading Marvel's Secret Empire since the first issue. I have ranted and raved and railed on previous episodes about how much I couldn't stand the Hydra Steve storyline and how dumb I thought it was. And but I have decided to go ahead and read and review Secret Empire. Now the one thing that I keep hearing from people over and over again is that ooh it's interesting, ooh it's an interesting take, ooh it's some it's it's a different take on the character. 
Ooh, everything is interesting. It's, this is interesting. That is interesting. So after reading the comics and the tie-ins, I can tell you it's interesting. You want to know the one thing I don't hear anyone saying? It's enjoyable. Because that's my question. At what point am I supposed to enjoy this? Like, I've read them. I'm still continuing to read them. I'm going to get the next ones. But my question still remains. At what point am I supposed to enjoy reading Secret Empire? Because I haven't gotten there yet. Like, we are months into this storyline. I am comics in. I have read the, the tie-ins. And I have yet to find something in this story to enjoy. Now, if you have, if there is something about this story that you like, if you enjoy Secret Empire, if you think I am completely off base in my opinion, that it is a joyless slog, let me know. You can go ahead and, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter at SuperpoweredFan. You can go ahead and email me superpoweredfancast at gmail.com you can go to my website superpoweredfancast.com and read my review of Secret Empire number 5 and leave a comment telling me I am way off base and telling me why you think this is the greatest storyline ever but right now again I find nothing enjoyable about it and if I'm wrong let me know how I'm wrong if, if there's something, if there is joy to be had in this story, I want to know about it. Just tell me what that is, because I have yet to find it. I am not the smartest person in the world, but I'm not a slouch, brain-wise. I know I'm not anhedonic. I do, in fact, know how to find joy in things. So, if there's something to be enjoyed about Secret Empire about any of its tie-ins, about the characters, or about Steve Rogers, let me know. I am absolutely open and available to listen, and there are many ways with which to find me. And let's go ahead and talk about the issue for a second. So Secret Empire number five. So you got Black Widow, like, basically kidnapping somebody. Okay, that's cool. It's cool to see how she got in. It's cool to see how she... Got her team in. That's interesting. It's it's interesting to see that you know she's she's using her skills as a spy. Awesome. Nothing else in the nothing else in the issue is as interesting as the first four pages. I mean, you literally have like Tony Stark going to uh, going to Wakanda with his team and asking for a shard of the cosmic cube from Black Panther, who tells them no. Then you have Steve going to Hank McCoy and basically intimidating him, threatening him, to which he then made a hero backs down. Like, it is just, my problem is, is there just doesn't seem to be any heroism left in the Marvel comics. And again, I might be wrong. Maybe it's something that I'm just not seeing. But, I mean, if it is, please let me know. Enlighten me as to why this is something that I should enjoy reading. So, on to the main thing that I'm here to talk about. Spider-Man Homecoming. 
I mean, I, I'm just, I'm warning you now. I'm going to spoil some stuff in it because I thought it was, because you know, some awesome stuff in it. So if you haven't seen the movie, do me a favor, go ahead and, you know, stop here. I mean, you've heard the first uh, almost 30 minutes. You've heard like the, all the news and stuff. Go see the movie. Go see it. I'm definitely, I mean, I'm telling you up front, I'm recommending it. So then you just come back and then you, you can hear my take on uh, the movie itself. So go ahead. Well, if you're here and you're continuing to listen, that means you've either seen it already or you don't care about spoilers. But I'm going to go ahead and just keep going because, you know, I can't I can't I can't stop you from from listening. I don't want I don't want to spoil it for you. But at the same time, I got to talk. So if you've been listening to previous episodes, then then, you know, I wasn't a fan of another Spider-Man movie. I didn't deem it necessary. I didn't think there was a reason for it to be. I mean, I was cautiously optimistic, but one of the things that, you know, I was completely, I was skeptical about was, was there any way that they could thrill me anymore? I mean, I've seen like five previous Spider-Man movies. I've seen, in my, in my opinion, at that point, I had seen everything Spider-Man could do. Was there anything that they could possibly do, either from an effects standpoint or from an action sequence standpoint, that would actually impress me? And I have to say, I'm I'm, I'm wrong on I was wrong on both counts. And what's what's the greatest thing about it is the movie is fun. It's not earnest. It's not trying to be. It's not trying to be too heavy. Like it's you, you dealing with. And another awkward Peter Parker, but he's not awkward in the sense that he's emo. I like that. I like the fact that he, I love the fact that Peter Parker loves being a superhero. That there's a joy in what he does. <clears throat> there's a joy in being Spider-Man, and that comes across in Tom Holland's performance. And you smile along with him. Like there are moments when you're watching it and you just and you feel and you feel for him both as a kid and as you know as Spider-Man. So I mean the, the movie begins in the aftermath of the Battle of New York, and you're introduced to Michael Keaton's character Adrian Toomes. Now, if you know him from the comics, you know Toomes is the vulture. But now in the film, Toomes runs a salvage company. And, you know, he employs some guys to, to run it with him, and they're cleaning up the aftermath of the Battle of New York, and when all of a sudden they're, you know, they're stopped by uh, Tyne Daly's character, who apparently in a joint, um, in a joint venture with Stark Industries has created Damage Control. Now, if you know the comics, you know Damage Control is an entity that is tasked with cleaning up after superhero battles. So because of that, um, you know, Toombs' business is, you know, his contract is voided and he's not going to get paid. And what's both tragic and brilliant about that is that this is probably one of the only Marvel villains in, in recent memory who has like an actual motive. And it isn't he doesn't want to take over the world. He wants to take control. He wants to take care of his family. Like he want he doesn't want to be known. 
He doesn't want anyone to know about the vulture. And that's brilliant in that in in that regard. But it is a fact that, you know, he he's leveraged his he leveraged his house, he leveraged his savings, all these things he could do so he could try and provide for his family and bureaucracy and people uh, people behind the scenes and the people higher up on the food chain, you know, kind of took that took that prosperity away from him with no explanation and no compensation. And in his mind, he's he's taking it back. So it actually doesn't necessarily make him as big a villain as you would expect from from a film like this or from a comic book film. And the fact that he, again, just wants everything to be under the radar. He doesn't want to be known as a supervillain. He doesn't want to be known at all. He wants to do. He wants to do his jobs. He wants to steal. He wants to uh, sell sell weapons based on the uh, alien artifacts that he's stolen, and he wants to provide for his family. So I mean, it's 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 a brilliant performance, and Keaton is amazing in it. Like he he doesn't mince words about what he is, what he's doing, and why. I mean, he just from a performance standpoint. He's both subtle and menacing at the same time. And that's probably the brilliance of of his performance is that he's not a big over-the-top villain. He's subtle. He wants to, um, like, he's trying to protect what he's built. And he doesn't, I mean, he's, and he's willing to kill to protect it. So, I mean, and you know, I mean, you know he's the bad guy, but he's so likable in moments like there's a moment when and I'm not going to reveal it I mean I said there's going to be some spoilers but I'm not going to spoil all of it for it there's a moment when you know Pete when Peter is confronted by Adrian and they're forced to interact due to a mutual circumstance the fact that they you know that realization of he knows who, like when when Peter find because Peter you know finds out who Tombs is, who Tombs is, and then Tombs through this interaction just realizes who Peter is, and just that moment between the two of them is works really well. Like I really enjoyed that part. Like I enjoyed all the scenes where Keaton was in, and I you know I just I look forward to I looked forward to the next time I could see him. Now, you're going to get a lot of nods and homages to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is amazing. I loved all the callbacks. Like, um, I love the the callbacks to previous films. Like, there's mentions of the Triskelion incident. Um, That's that's amazing. Just the fact that they're kind of like all over the place following... uh, you know, following damage control or following uh, the Avengers, and the Avengers don't even know it. I think that's I think that's great. Um, I love the performances of everybody in the film. Like Tom Holland was great. Uh, he was a great. He's a great Peter Parker. He's a great Spider Man. I like the fact that they are taking him to a point where he still doesn't really know how to do his how to be Spider Man. Like he knows how to be the persona of Spider Man, but he doesn't know how to be a hero. And the fact that from a character standpoint, he's constantly trying to prove that he's a hero, to prove that he can be an Avenger to Tony Stark, that's that's amazing. It adds this it adds this interesting 
like um, paternal, like father son uh, relationship to, between Tony and Tony and Peter, and you can see the dynamic between the two of them. Especially, um, you got Tony who lost his parents at a young age, and you have Peter who who's been ra being raised by his aunt who lost his parents. So, I mean, and lost his uncle. I mean, that's, uh, you kind of see how they both look to each other to kind of fill in some gaps in their own personal history. Like, Tony looks at Peter as a younger version of himself, and he kind of wants to help him. But that's one of the things that's actually, that, that that's one of the plot details that's interesting as well. Because then you have Peter who constantly wants attention from Tony and he's not getting it. So anyone who's worried about um, the presence of Tony Stark in the film and that it would take away from Spider-Man, I can tell you right now, you can stop worrying. Like even with the inclusion of of him in the film, it's a Spider-Man movie. Because one of the plot points which is interesting is that Tony Stark is has been ignoring Peter for months. Like he's given him a suit, he's told him what to what to do? He's put Happy, <laughs> he's put Happy Hogan in uh, in charge of, you know, kind of minding him as he uh, as he navigates the uh, being a hero. But Tony's been really stand, you know, really hands off and behind the scenes, and that's actually one of the things that's been driving Peter crazy because then you have you know moments like Peter like has been like sending reports too happy to hoping they can get to Tony and it's just not happening. So if you were worried about there's going to be a bunch of Iron Man in the film, there's there's literally the perfect amount of Iron Man in the film. Like this is a Spider-Man film. It's not, it's not Marvel team up. And that's what I enjoyed as is I definitely enjoyed that aspect of it. So, and again, get back to the performances. Like everyone was great. I loved, uh, I loved the kid who played who plays Ned. Uh, I think his name is uh, yeah Jacob Batalon. I loved him. He is amazing. He is literally us. He is he is who he he's the guy we would be if we were if we found out our best friend was a superhero. He's asking those questions that we would ask. Like in the fact that he can barely contain his excitement. Is again kind of the way we we all are as kids, um, uh, well, were as kids. Like you know, I'm an adult, but uh, but it's he, he his performance is is amazing. Like I think everyone, even the a lot of the supporting cast is is really great. I, I liked them a lot. Uh, I loved Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. I love the fact that she was just kind of oblivious to the fact that every man is like kind of hitting on her. And Peter has to deal with that. I think that's that's a really good character um, character moment. That's a really good kind of uh, dynamic, new dynamic to add to an existing character. Because you never really thought about uh, the relationship between Peter and Aunt May other than, you know, she was maternal almost to the point of being a, like a grandparent to him. But he never had to, there was never anything really more to that. And the fact that you have um, Marissa Tomei's May be a, you know, be a fully uh, realized character, 
that uh, that you know who has a life of her own, it, it makes the dynamic and the, the moments between the two of them work really well. Like she's 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 really a, she really is like his biggest cheerleader uh, in this film. Like she wants him to she wants him to be happy and and he doesn't want to worry her. So it's it's a great dynamic between the two of them, and I'm hoping that I get to see more of that going forward. And I'll tell you right now, the final scene of the movie had me in tears, and it had and it is a moment between the two of them, and I won't. I'm, I will not tell you anything else, but it is, uh, I just, I could not stop. I'm just telling you right now. So, um, as far as my impressions of the movie, like, as far as things that, that didn't work, um, I think part of me, like, as a, you know, as an older person, I dug the music. I thought it was great. I liked a lot of the classic rock and uh, uh, moments in it, but... If I were a kid who's seeing this, I wouldn't care. I mean, it just, it seemed to be a little bit more, I think they did a lot of stuff that was geared towards the adult audience and it might've kind of alienated the kids a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I can only, I can only speculate based on, you know, my time in the theater, but, you know, there was some stuff, there was some inside stuff that I don't think a lot of kids would have gotten. And it was probably a little bit more towards the the, the older characters in the uh, in the film. Uh, and I think sometimes at the expense of the younger characters on screen. Other than that, I really can't find a lot that I didn't enjoy uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, I, I really loved the final act. Like, the final sequence with um with vulture trying to with vulture ste- literally stealing a a plane ah, man, i don't want to i don't want to spoil it just the the final sequence in the third act is is really awesome it's just a really great action sequence and it shows like the it shows the power of both characters there's a lot of really great like avengers stuff in there and I, you know, like I said, like, honestly, I'm telling you right now, oh, Spider-Man Homecoming is what a Spider-Man film should be. It's fun. It's fun to see. It's fun to experience. All the characters in it look like they're having fun. Like, there are fun moments. There's some great thrilling action sequences. I think the effects were great. And overall, it had heart. Like, you cared. You cared about all the characters involved. Like, you even cared about Vulture. But you really cared about about Peter, both as Spider-Man and as Peter Parker, and not cared for him in the fact that you felt sorry for him. It's like you you wanted him to succeed. You wanted him to kind of find his balance. And I think that was another theme in the film that I enjoyed seeing was that you know Peter has Peter as a kid. With a kid's mentality, he struggles to find a balance between the thing that he wants to do and the things that he's required to do. And it is that, you know, that great power comes, great power comes great responsibility. He's literally trying to, trying to live up to that. And you see him struggle both uh, as the kid that he is and the hero he wants to be. So it's definitely a, a film I recommend. I would definitely recommend going to see it. As far as like post-credit scenes, there's going to be one mid-credit scene and one post-credit scene that actually is kind of a twist. 
So, uh, like I said, I gave it a I gave it four point five out of five. I think it's definitely worth seeing. Um, there's some great tension. There's some great humor worked in, but it's not a comedy. Like there are just some really genuinely funny moments, and everyone, everyone in the cast is giving their time to shine. So definitely go check out Spider-Man: Homecoming. So that's it for this episode of the Superpowered Fancast. Um, if you want to read my review of Spider-Man: Homecoming uh, or any of the other news that I that uh, I talk about, I update website daily there's always new content you can go to superpoweredfancast.com that's the that's where you can reach me the fastest by commenting on news articles and letting me know what you like and what you don't like you can also email me at uh, superpoweredfancast at gmail.com like i check my email daily i have it on every device I will get I will definitely get alerts and I will definitely talk back to you. And you can also follow me on Twitter at superpoweredfan. Now if you follow me, I will follow you back. That's definitely that is a guarantee. So um, you can also uh, read my news articles because uh, I'm a news editor on the Geeks Worldwide um, website at uh, the gww.com and I just started a new monthly podcast uh, with Kevin from Comics Noobs uh, podcast called Comics in Space where we're going to talk uh, we're just going to deep dive into uh, the Marvel Comics universe the cosmic universe so all the characters that are in outer space now our first episode is already up you can you can find it on soundcloud you can actually listen to it on my website on superpoweredfancast.com and this first episode is about warlock war so it's about jim starlin's run and his uh all of his uh, stories about adam warlock it basically is kind of like a prelude to a lot of the Infinity uh, Infinity Gem storylines, Infinity War storylines. So you get Thanos. This is the introduction of Gamora. So this is her first appearance. So you get a lot of that in this run. And you, you can listen uh, to our take on it on uh, Comics in Space, either on SoundCloud, or you can go to uh, superpoweredfancast.com and listen there. So for the Superpowered Fancast, uh, this is Darren saying... I'll see you next week. Bye. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks, assemble! Geeks, assemble!